0: Developing conventional wisdom on its head. on SAFM. We're not talking about fees, but we are talking about medical malpractice in South African hospitals, compromised record keeping at provincial hospitals, a legal system ill-equipped to deal with medical negligence claims, and the absence of legislation that regulates legal claims in the medical field are some of the alleged existing problems in the medical sector. As a result, the country's nine provincial health departments are facing medical malpractice suits that run well beyond the ability to settlement. I believe this. But is this problem unique only to the government sector, public sector that is? Is there no medical practice, malpractice in the private sector? When should you become a victim? Where do you start suing? So, Mr. Mtogozisima Pumulo, who is a senior associate at the litigation attorney or at the law firm, Adams and Adams in the Litigation Department is here to join us in engaging us about something which hopefully none of us ever have to deal with, but it is a reality, more especially in these strained time where healthcare utilisation is as high as it probably ever has been. Togozis, good evening, sir. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Very very good evening, sir, and listeners. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, of course, you guys enjoy it when somebody comes and instructs you to do A, B, C and D for which you earn fees. But I don't think there's much joy in engaging a medical malpractice case, more especially when there has been a loss of limb or worse, life.
1: No, most look um, In such cases, it's very, um, the emotions are quite high. And um, as much as uh, we, the lawyers, try to... Just speak to the law. I mean, that human element, at the end of the day, we are all humans. So we, when you deal with, with such cases, uh, the emotions uh, it, it, it do get really high, not only for the claimant, but also um, with the lawyers. So um, as, as much as, as you point out to say that uh, lawyers and the season and all that, but at the end of the day, the emotions are involved, and um, then uh, that triggers us, us as lawyers to... push as much as we can so that uh, the claimants can get um, their um, due and adequate uh, compensation because at at, at the end of the day, as much as you cannot replace that particular limb or or, 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 the loss of life, but at the end of the day, there may be something that can um, kind of um, make the claimant feel a little bit better.
0: So that we can all be on the same page because there are those who are listening and are wondering to an extent what medical malpractice actually is, because there are lots of times where people have certain experiences in hospitals or in healthcare facilities because they don't know what they are due, what their rights are, and what actually constitutes as a civil claim, they might not actually be engaging the practice or the the space of medical malpractice. So, in layman's terms, to the extent that you can, do define it for us. And what typical examples are we talking about here? And how can we make the consumer ultimately that much more aware? Because there is a great deal of information asymmetry between a consumer of healthcare services and the provider, be it the practitioner or the facility like a hospital, or even the owner of a device and how it should be used and then incorrect use of a device causes injury or death. There's that discord between the consumer and the facilitator of the medical um, space. Engage us on that from a medical malpractice perspective. First, what is that, and how can we ensure we are that much more alive to our rights? Yes, Yeah. sure. Um,
1: So medical malpractice is it's quite a broad term, um, so maybe um, some listeners would have heard about medical negligence uh, which is also it's much more limited in uh, in its definition. But when we talk about uh, medical malpractice, it's a, it's a bit uh, broader. So um, to just plainly put it, uh, put it, it would be an instance where um, something happens at the hospital. And it is not in line with um, what you would ordinarily expect in the hospital or at the, at the health in, 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 in institution. So mm. the example of this, it would be um, an instance where, say, um, I will just use uh, the COVID-19 example. Say yeah. you go for uh, a COVID-19 test at um, you know um, a health institution and there is um, a, a misdiagnosis. Um, of your result, of your result, yes. So um, what then happens is you have the period where you have to stay at home and you are unable to um, to, to attend to your daily um, business needs. Um, the, say you had something else, and um, just not COVID-19, but they need to acknowledge you to say you've got uh, COVID-19. And as a result you develop um you know severe complications um for for whatever um, infection or a, a disease that you may have um in in that example then um the, you can well if you do have the documentary proof and and all the other circumstantial proof you can then um say that there was uh, a medical malpractice um, incident in in the sense that uh, there was a misdiagnosis of your condition and on that basis you can then um you can then sue uh, for medical malpractice but it, it is quite broad it can include any situation where um you know the medical personnel at the institution did not attend to you timely mm-hmm. where um they had um the capacity they had the resources to attend to you and as a result um you know the victim died or the victim uh, develops um, long lasting uh, severe complications. So it can be very, very, very quite broad.
0: It certainly is very broad, and that's precisely why then you almost need an educated consumer base or those who use healthcare facilities. To know in a general sense what it is that they are entitled to from a rights perspective, but also what they are entitled to from a clinical perspective, such that to the extent that they suspect the discrepancies, one, they know there are those discrepancies from where they come from because of a lack of process followed or diagnosis, mm. or whatever the case might be, and probably yeah. more importantly, even if they do know these things, sometimes people don't know where to go from there. What are the next steps? And that's oftentimes put pay to many of the faci- facilities, bodily integrity. And, the. of course, it's not why you want money, but to the extent that they can claim, it has put pay to those claims that they otherwise have in law.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um so there is a, a lot of, um, you know, um, misinformation or lack of knowledge um, in so far as um, the medical malpractice and the medical negligence cases are concerned. Um, this is despite the fact that uh, these cases um, in, uh, in our law and in, in South Africa specifically and many other um, countries for that matter, um, these cases are quite rife and um, on, on, on a daily basis um, the are hundreds of these cases in our court. Um, so it, it gets complicated because you don't only need um, the legal experts to guide you through the, the court processes, but also you also need the medical personnel that if you make use of uh, the legal experts, then they are able to... Uh, directly liaise with um, or directly communicate with um, the, the medical personnel because you've got to involve the experts, people who have um, you, you know the specialised um, uh, knowledge and skills and the expertise, um, so that they are able to say that you do stand a, a chance to succeed in your claim or not. So it it is quite a a complex um, area of law, um, despite the fact that you've got so many cases relating
0: to this. Made even more complicated by the funding of the litigation, more especially when the litigants or the claimants are indigent persons or persons without means, and majority of South Africans, frankly, cannot afford attorneys, much less an attorney from Adams and Adams. Let's talk about contingency fees.
1: Okay. Um no, um that's also correct. Um so these kind of, of cases uh some of them they tend to become the teachers. Uh, sometimes um n- not justifiably so, but you cannot only always control the the other side, um as to how they should um they should um you know, litigate or approach the matter. Um so when um Well, if the potential claimant does not have the financial muscle to litigate, uh, which is always um, uh, costly, so there is uh, an arrangement that uh, a potential claimant claimant can enter into with um, the legal uh, or the attorneys or the lawyers, if I can do it that way. And that is um, to say that uh, the lawyers uh, will take your matter on a contingency basis. So to put that um, on on plain terms, that is to say, no win, no fee. So you come to me as a lawyer, I will assist you from A to Z. I I, I will um, finance your uh, your litigation right up to uh, the the final step where there is a judgment or the court order, your matter has been finalized, and from there on, um I will take certain percentage um of your of your um from the capital amount that um you will be compensated with. So if you do not succeed then I do not get any fee.
0: Okay, let's move on from the law firm-based approach, if you like, in terms of assisting litigants. And, and let's engage the broader question at all and what responsibility perhaps the legal industry might have insofar as changing some of the, t- the statistics I read out earlier on. Provincial health departments are bleeding money that is in the first place very scarce a resource for the purposes of meeting those budgeted items of the public health care rollout and of course the private but let's just focus on the public now. To be slapped with a medical practice claim against you and we oftentimes not talking about a couple of thousands rand we talk about hundreds of thousands that go into the millions that is almost as tragic as the loss of Lyme or limb itself. How do we from the best practice that you have picked up or from the experience that you have, how, how could the Department of Health at provincial as well as national level, I suppose, be engaged to change this? Where are the policy failures? Where are the HR failures? Because I would even imagine there's a lot of HR competency based questions here that need to be addressed almost as, urgency, as urgently as policy.
1: Okay. Um, I will first have to, um, to consider the position, of, well, from the, the legal perspective. So, um, I've already alluded to the fact that uh, most of these matters become religious unnecessarily so. So, I think um, in the end, well, um, I need to point out that uh, medical malpractice, medical negligence cases do happen worldwide. So, what, what is important is, it is the approach to these legal claims, because one, um, before I take on um, you know such a claim, I, I know I'm going to um, to put so much money into this to finance the litigation. So I, I must have in, uh, in most cases I, I I must have concrete, solid um, a basis as to why I want to insist on uh, uh, um, on financing these claims claim, and, um, um, claim uh, going forward. So. I think if um, from uh, the department's uh, side, um, they need to consider claims at a very very um, um, at a very very um, early stage to say, um, do we really need to proceed with litigation, which is going to uh, go on for years three to four three to five years sorry, and by then the legal costs um, involved in in those claims they are they are already very, very high. So um, if the matter you can see from, you, you, you know, uh, if the state attorney or your attorney, your, your private attorney at the Department of Health, do um, advise you to say, um, here we have, we've got little to no chance. Those claims should be second very early. In certain, um you, you avoid uh, those costs from, you, you know, um, um, from increasing uh, throughout the years that you um the matter uh the matter goes on um then when it comes to um the internal processes of the department of health i think that uh just beyond uh the legal question and that would be uh more suited for um for someone who's, who's got the internal uh um Knowledge as uh, to the internal processes of uh, the HR and uh, the, the administrative duties of, of the department. But from the legal perspective, I, I can um, really um, suggest that um, we consider instances where there is um, a plain claim, came. those should certainly, and certainly avoid uh, incurrence of, of these executive legal costs.
0: Let's leave it there then. Thank you so much for your thoughts there, Mr. Togozisima Pumulo. Senior Associate in the Litigation Department at Adams & Adams in Pretoria. The time is 21.45. That's the last you will hear of my voice. Until tomorrow, good night, everybody.